Welcome to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I am your host, Joanne Boyce. On this podcast, we're going to discuss all things inclusive marketing, from persona creation, campaigns, and even some of the mishaps we see in the media. Tune in and let me know your thoughts on how we can make inclusive marketing the industry standard. Welcome and welcome back to the Marketing Made Inclusive podcast. I've got an amazing guest on this episode, Andy, who I absolutely adore. I know Andy through the Bristol networking marketing scene and Andy works with a really amazing company. But Andy, why don't you tell us about yourselves and what you do in the marketing sphere of the world? How exciting. Hi, Jen. I'm so thrilled to be here. Um, you're one of my favorite people in the world, so it's just great. Uh, yeah, we met um, through Noise Little Monkey. So I'm a, I think it's something like senior digital marketing executive for Noise Little Monkey. What else? Do you know what? Tell me about yourself. The other question is terrifying, right? Because you're like, okay, do I talk about like, I don't know, I'm obsessed with the color yellow. Um, I, I really like Marmite. Like, or do I say I'm... Uh, Christian, I'm trans, I'm autistic, blah, 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 blah. Nice little laundry sheet of identities. Or, I don't know, I think um, also because we're talking about marketing, mm-hmm. I can tell you about, I'm I'm working in marketing automation and I, I'm real, real nerd about it. I think that's some good, good starting points. I want to give the opportunity before I talk about what I've Googled. <laughs> the one thing you didn't mention, which <laughs> I am so fascinated about, is that you did marketing around sex ed in games oh yeah so i i used to work for honestly one of the best charities you will ever find um everyone who works there is exceptional it's led by um the firms of color now i'm one of one of the other leaders stuff but school of sexuality education they're amazing school of sexuality education and they do sex and relationships education schools and so I, I did marketing for them when I was a wee squirt starting out. Um, and then also did some like facilitation in the, in schools. And I talked at a conference for them about um, sex ed and video games and like how video games kind of form part of sex education in a weird way. And like whether we should be afraid of video games or like embrace the possibilities and all of that stuff. Yeah, they're amazing. It's so fascinating because I read it and I had to go back and I was just like, hold on. Wait, what? <laughs> I know I've I've worked with video games clients and I'm like, everything I know about video games is where women are uber sexualized in the content. Yeah. I never thought, but it makes sense because that is where a lot of young people now are getting there. Like, oh, this is what a woman should look like. I'm like, no, no the waist cannot no. be thinner than your leg. That's not how that works. <laughs> That's not really possible. And it's funny because uh, one of the things I talked about was like a whole bunch of video game creators who are doing like using the the format of video games to create sex and content. That's really good. But also like, as you said, like it's a form of education. What are they seeing when they see, when they play video games? What are they learning about sex? What are they learning about their bodies? What are they learning about identities? Like all of that stuff is... You know, if it's if it's such a consuming part of young people's kind of sphere of knowledge, then we need to be thinking about it. And we need to be aware that that's influencing them. Mm-hmm. So that brings on to the question I ask all my guests. Inclusive marketing is kind of somewhat 
relatively new in terms of the relation of the term in marketing. So it's still, I find, adapting its own solid meaning. It's yeah. not the case like when people say SEO, every marketer's like, yes, we know what that means. Absolutely. What does inclusive marketing mean to you? Mm, okay. I was thinking about this. I actually, and this is definitely not my own thought. I've read this in a tweet and I can't remember who tweeted it. So please forgive me. Whenever we talk about inclusion, the kind of semantics of that word is there are people outside who we need to bring in. But the the thing about being inclusive is you're saying, ah, the white cis able-bodied majority is the center and we need to bring more people into that space. Mm. And so like, uh, and that's the best term that we've got right now. Uh, I think diversify is, is good as well. Diverse marketing. But like when we talk about inclusion, what we are actually talking about is how do we take what is a fundamentally, structurally not protected characteristic space and how do we uh, shift it a little bit so that other people can come in instead of how do we redo the space that centers marginalized people, that centers people who are oppressed. And then, you know, if some other, if some white people are there, then no, that's great. <laughs> so I feel like, yeah. Inclusive marketing is is really good. It's really important, and I think a lot of the time it's people doing their best. Mm-hmm. And I think there's kind of two things happening. There's like the the frontiers of thought. So, for instance, like I've seen another again. Again, this is from a tweet. This is not mine, and I can't remember who said it. So, really sorry. Um, of calling instead of calling people BIPOC, calling them people of the global majority. Mm. Obsessed with that. Love it. I'm not going to expect Sainsbury's next ad campaign to use the terms people of the global majority, you know? And, and I'm not going to hold them to that standard. So there's two things. There's what's the ideal? What's the the inclusive marketing that we are kind of like trying to work towards? How do we understand like the, the top level of academic thought in this? And then there's what can we reasonably expect from the people around us from brands from campaigns and what level do we need to hold them to mm-hmm. that was fascinating because for me i've become allergic to the word diversity mm, oh rush yeah <laughs> and i've seen some agencies out there that are like we are the diverse marketers we will get you to diverse people and i'm just like what well i'm not diverse as a person i'm a i'm a person but and then in the marketing sense as well so it's interesting what you're saying because i think the reason i lean on inclusive marketing because it emphasized that there's exclusion and when Mm -hmm. i'm working with clients every marketeer has the mentality that they understand their audience or they're learning their audience they know all of that they they have some kind of confidence yeah so when i go in and say oh but is it inclusive then i called on wait what yeah absolutely and you're right because a panel of five, um, I don't know, black women, that's not a diverse panel. Mm-hmm. It's a, may, You might consider it an inclusive panel because it goes against what is, I don't know, the norm or, or kind of the, the unmarginalized, but, it, but that's not a diverse panel. Uh, but people will say, oh, we're doing a diverse event. So we've got, do you know? Mm-hmm. So yeah. But um, you, you've also sparked another thought for me on if, Inclusive marketing is, say, stage one of re 
imagining what marketing is and kind of going back to because I always say the definition of marketing is that as a marketeer you should understand your audience no matter who they are they have an Definitely. interest in your thing yeah we lost our lines along the way and it became skinny models and white mm. women and da, 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 da. if stage one is inclusive marketing what would stage two mm. I feel like intersectional marketing but it feels very wordy <laughs> Yeah, <laughs> I think, and this is what I mean about like, what can we expect? I think it's much better to, when you're talking to people or when you're like, for instance, your company and like branding your company, of course, you're going to talk about inclusive marketing. You're going to use the term BIPOC. You're going to, you're going to be at a level that is understandable to the kind of people who need your services. Mm. And that's actually more important than doing what is kind of like most academically correct. You see what I mean? Mm. Mm-hmm. I think that's okay. I think we all need to kind of calm down a bit about that. And that's the separation because marketing is still what it is. One of the phrase when I've worked with academics that they use in their research that just felt like it just felt icky. They they mm. continue quoting and saying black bodies. Ooh, okay. And I was Let's... just like, no, no, every bone in I was just like, how could you refer to people like that? And then apparently it was all over academia. And I'm like, this is where things like diversity and inclusion can't be carbon copied to under industries. Yeah. yeah. Because have you ever heard the phrase white bodies? Like that's not, do you know what I mean? Or, or no, absolutely not. It's just like. <sighs> it's that thing of you have to, you ha- everything is contextual. <clears throat> you have to, you have to take everything contextually. Okay, so what does that look like in terms of your day-to-day? So we spoke a little bit about the games and sex ed. What are you doing day-to-day in your job now? It's funny because I do I, so I do marketing automation, mm-hmm. um, which is really, uh, such a nerd about it, and it's, it's really cool. So basically we'll, a team will come in and they will say, we use HubSpot and we, like, we're inefficient or often they won't even know how inefficient they are and then we'll talk to them like oh what's your day-to-day like what do you do and they're like oh so we send these emails and i'm like oh so do you use the template for that and they're like no and i'm like oh so is this the automation and they're like no and then we map out that whole the whole sales or marketing team's process and then we use hubspot automation to kind of make it all happen like magic mm-hmm. and it's really cool because it there's this uh company we worked with recently and the project was massive and when we finished it they were like this will save every single person on our team three hours a day three hours three hours a day and i was like that's gonna help me sleep at night that's good like okay i'm not changing lives but also but yeah i think it's interesting because i i sort of do something that is not about inclusivity and it's not about being trans i do a lot of talks um i'm doing a talk at shout out kirsty hulse incredible woman um she's got a conference called confidence live coming up in march i'm doing a talk at that um so i make a lot of noise about about like in sexuality and about diversity and also i think like noise little monkey one of the reasons i love working there is we very much have a policy of calling out our clients on stuff like inclusivity and intersectionality so so quick synopsis story I've, i had a talk i was doing and talking about inclusive marketing someone came up to me and said we tried to put a black woman in this campaign 
our client said it's not gonna sell they didn't push back wow that was the that was the end of like she did ask for advice but she was like that was the end of the scenario in the, the situation yeah how does that look like because cool? the clients are paying you guys big bucks and hubspot is not a cheap platform mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. i'm a huge hubspot fan by the way if, if yes <laughs> <laughs> but it's but it's so good it's not cheap you know like yeah mm-hmm. it's very complicated it can do so much so it's not cheap i think um well first of all we have an incredible veto system where um if john's mum wouldn't approve of them we don't work with them um <laughs> he was like if, if my mother wouldn't be pleased that we were working with them we're not working with them and katie uh um, like head of sales she is really good at vetoing anybody who is not a decent person so we don't only work with charities we work with those b2b companies and you know whatever but we work with companies who are making a really good thing mm-hmm. you know uh, and who are good nice people who are trying to do their best and so we very rarely get into situations where we have that level of like problem Mm -hmm. you know because we don't even start working with people we had this amazing offer from a um Ryring christian network for a lot of money and john was like no we're not doing it and that was really cool because i was like if we're doing it i'm out but i didn't tell him that because uh, <laughs> I'm, I'm a christian so whenever christians are transphobic i get so angry about it but yeah but then when we're there talking to the clients you're very polite about it mm-hmm. but yeah we're just like look could you not or actually we think that it's better to be inclusive his why um or we really think that this is important we have had pushback before but i don't think we've ever it's, it's only in my experience had enough pushback that we've kind of had to leave it you know it's more interpersonal stuff um it's we we also have a test which is i will come on sales calls and we'll see how much they misgender me uh, uh hold on hold on so one that is a that's look at like your idea that's a lot no, well it's not official it's not official but it's something that i look for and so when we when i come on sales calls because often we'll We'll get delivery teams on the sales course. Me and Ophelia both do it. If they get my pronouns right the whole time, I'm like, yeah, okay, great. It's never happened yet. But if somebody were to not several times, then I'd probably say to Katie, I'm not convinced by that. And she'd be like, okay, don't worry about it. It's actually funny you say that because I have a similar-ish scale. Oh, yeah. Where, depending on how much the person stutters on saying the, black, the word black, like <laughs> I know why they're coming to me. I know what they yeah. want. But if they're stuttering before they're saying it, I'm just yeah. like, mm. uh-huh. it could be one of it could lean either way because sometimes people are too comfortable saying some words and you're just like, um. yeah, sorry. But then the or they skirt around the subject matter, or yeah. they're waiting for me to give them permission to say something. One That's of, really interesting. And I notice it. One of the f- f- fun things that you could I could do in my job, which is might not sound fun, but. I avoid talking about race for like the first 20 minutes of the call. Of course. Yeah. Because if they come to me, that's what they come for. So I'm just like, okay, so we're going to talk. What's your gender representation like? What's your disabled representation like? (laughs) What's your trans representation like? And they're just waiting. They're like, "Uh uh-huh. Uh-huh. But um, you Uh, work But you're... uh, you're, uh, uh, (laughs) So good. That's so good. 
I, yeah. Interesting. I have kind of the opposite thing, mm. which is whenever I'm doing, well, it's similar in that I'm so, I get so bored when I get invited. To, well, so bored is the wrong word. I like talking about trans stuff. I find it easy and I, I know that a lot of people don't, so I'm happy to do the work. But also, like, I'm autistic. I'm, I, I have a lot more to me than just that. Mm-hmm. Both in terms of like a viewpoint, a specific viewpoint, but also in terms of like I am a person who is interested in things. But I, I also, whenever I go and do talks um, for companies or like kind of when I used to do like more facilitation stuff, and I'm gonna be like, oh yeah, yeah, this is really great, this is really great. I'm like, look, I am a extremely RP, well-spoken, white, relatively thin, like mask-presenting person mm-hmm. you are listening to me because i am making this easy for you i am being polite i am being calm like you are used to hearing from people like me mm-hmm. i have a very situated viewpoint i cannot speak for black trans people i cannot speak for disabled trans people like who will have a very different viewpoint and the fact that you've brought me in here to talk about this instead of somebody else like be aware of the fact that there are people who are very angry and they have a right to be angry. And the fact that I am not shouting at you is because you'll listen to me more, not because I in any way disagree with the people who would come in here and shout at you. Yeah. So I think it's very, yeah, it's very important to kind of, to be constantly intersectional. And I think especially with disability, because I've found it's one that people don't even bring up. Like they don't even put it on the list. That makes me think, you mentioned about the automation aspect and how you do that with clients. Mm-hmm. I can see that being beneficial a lot for any disabled marketers or anyone yeah. who's not able to recall the process. How Has that ever arised with a client where it's like, you can spot something they're not spotting, but making automation is... is... Yeah, I mean, I think, uh, like from a very like this is not um kind of your kind of sexy uh diversity moment but like from a very practical sense neurodivergent people are really bad at admin (laughs) and like you know a lot like if you have ADHD up and it can be really hard to fill out forms or to like send emails or to keep on top of stuff so like that can really support people which is such like a classic like you know you you wouldn't run a campaign about how you're uh, really inclusive because you're helping people do this happen you know but like that's really big true like <laughs> even with the whole stuff now um with chat gpt everyone's going all nuts and i'm just like mm-hmm. do you know how amazing chat gpt is someone for for someone with dyslexia see i talk yeah. about it and it comes up my dyslexia yeah. <laughs> and i'm just like but they're not no one's making content about how much is helping the dyslexic i'm using this all the time just to check context of sentences and as a marketer who has to write copy all the time oh goodness gracious yeah i love ai everyone's it's like it's gonna so our jobs like, no it's not no it's not also take my job out like you know <laughs> <laughs> i'll i'll sit back you pay me i'll sit back and i'll watch the computer do it great fine yeah i, I i'm dyslexic as well and i i have grammarly on my computer and it's a lifesaver and I, I think it is that thing of like it's all of the stuff under that that we don't think of so I talk a lot about how inclusive noisy little mark noisy little marketing wow noisy little <laughs> monkey see you talk about the and it comes out it comes out, it comes out. Uh, 
I talk about all the time about how inclusive they are for me being trans, but like they're really inclusive for me being autistic. And there's quite a few things in the workplace where, so for instance, I'll be, Katie calls it accidentally savage Andy, where I will forget to add tone. Um, so she'll be like, oh yeah, I got my hair cut yesterday. And I'll be like, oh, that's great. And she'll be like, do you not, uh, but because she knows I'm autistic, she's like, oh, he means it. He just has a, you know. Has that ever, uh, I guess, you're not really writing much copy because I wonder how that would come across with copy. Oh, but this is the thing. I'm, I'm the king of masking, right? Okay. So, I yeah, I used to write a lot of copy before. I'm, I've moved into marketing automation. I used to be kind of a generalist. And I even did some, did some SEO stuff, did some social stuff, did all sorts. So I'm very, I know what you're supposed to do. Ah. I just sometimes forget. So when I first realized that I was autistic, some of my friends were like, no, you're not because you're really good in social situations. I'm like, yeah, I know I'm really good in social situations because I have a script in my head that I follow to the letter because I've seen what people who are good in social situations do and I copy that. So of course I am. But yeah, you asked me a question that was good and I don't think I've answered it. What was the question? Oh, marketing automation and how it helps people. I did find we had a client who a client who's blind recently and one of the big parts of our process is that we map out everything in beautiful colored boxes uh because that really helps my brain and then i'm like great but you're not going to be able to see any of this so then we you know wrote it up in text and it could be read through a screen reader but that was interesting that is so so it's interesting because at the start you've said that you don't feel that there's a lot of inclusion involved in what you do day to day i'm hearing so many inclusive processes that have been implemented mm. that other companies might not think of a lot of people will do those um maps and those layouts just simply in their brand colors even if their brand colors are just like black and white oh, rather than thinking of how people absorb content yeah 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 and i think that's it comes back to why it's really important to have uh i'm gonna say diverse teams <laughs> because i mean teams where you have people from a lot of different perspectives and identities and especially marginalized identities because they will think of things that you just won't think of because how could you think of them because you've never had to yes <laughs> go on challenge me but my aversion to the diverse team line that and how not necessarily how you've just used it but how it generally gets used it generally gets used as a cop-out to take any action and mm. the reason i say i like the term inclusive marketing is because it emphasized that as a marketeer, even if you are, oh, I'll just use your boss in this case, John. <laughs> is, Bless him. Bless him. He's so amazing. I love him a lot. Um, John, who's a bald white man in his over older than me. <laughs> yeah. And even if you're doing marketing on your own and you do not have a team, or even if you have a team of Johns, mm. you sh should still be able to implement inclusive marketing. You should yeah. still be able to step into the mindset of your target audience and yeah. have a moment of thinking what what is not happening what don't i know mm. mapping out um a process color theory has existed for years we know yeah. we make you have google so these things exist and we know and we and you will talk to a marketer and they will say a thousand words about why they used red as the call to action button and why it was mm. so important but mm -hmm. then you're just like but why don't you think about using red to make it accessible as well? Yeah, you didn't think about that, did you? Yeah. And also, like, there's enough 
people like you doing amazing work. There's enough blog articles you can read on the internet. Like, it's not hard. And I really love that, actually. I think that's a really good point. You don't have to have a diverse team to be inclusive. It's easier for you. Mm-hmm. And you'll probably be overall more inclusive if you have a diverse team. But yes. You'd make better content. That's the, yeah. my caveat. I feel like you could make inclusive inclusive content and inclusive marketing. It's not necessarily good marketing. Mm-hmm. Well, we've had this conversation recently because obviously one of the things that we've been talking about for ages and always addressed with our clients is making sure that there's diversity in their imagery mm-hmm. um, of all kinds. And then we were like, ah, but if, if we make sure that the company has lots of, yeah, I don't know, like, images of black people but everyone at the company is white does that is that better is that worse i don't know this is an ongoing challenge i have had for years so a lot of the clients that approach me want to make their recruitment and their employer brand diverse Mm -hmm. and for years i've opposed it i'm just like no i'm going to stick to b2c because Mm -hmm. that is clear the general public is diverse, end of. They're buying a yeah. product, that's almost the end of the relationship. But B2B or, or recruitment marketing, I know personally, if I saw a company that had a whole bunch of advertising and I stepped in and it was nothing but mountaintops of grey, <laughs> I would feel a way. Yeah. There's an element of, I feel like we have to give a little bit more credit to people looking mm. for jobs. Mm-hmm. because I know one of the processes I take, yes, I'll look at a company's website. Mind you, I haven't worked in a job for five years, so I might not be the best. Well, you are working a job, but yeah, I don't know what you mean. For someone else. Yeah. <laughs> um, I would look at their their stuff and, you know, how to advertise it, but I would yeah. also go and click on the team. Yeah. So, yeah, clicking on the team should give you the balance of it, mm-hmm. but I it's, it's hard as a, I feel like as marketers were removed, because I can spot a stock photo from a mile off. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know the um, like the classic Paxos ones now. I know them, and they chase me around the internet. And I'm like, oh yeah, that's that one. I when I was looking for a job, especially when I was looking at agencies, I was, I was seeing so many agencies of like, I don't know, ten white cis straight men and like two women. Mm-hmm. And so I was like, right, I'm not going to work anywhere that doesn't have a person of color employed. Now, obviously. You can't necessarily spot a person of color that's problematic so like you know a caveat on that but then i when i went to notice about monkey i mean obviously there's child they talk a lot about inclusivity and they were doing loads of stuff but also there was somebody working there who was a person of color i was like okay great turns out i was replacing their job so i'm like oh crap um it's a terrible place to fucking know but that's a whole other thing not saying noise a little monkey did this, but it does happen sometimes where it's the one in one out policy. Yeah, yeah. Let's let's swap the uh, the black woman for the trans kid. Great. Right. <laughs> oh, oh gosh. No, but, God bless them. <laughs> on the stock photos and job recruitment aspect, I feel like along with my recommendations of inclusive stock photos, I always say have the statements and the policies where you specifically mention you are pro-diversity inclusion now Mm -hmm. and make them public so people could click on it not necessarily because i think the companies that publish those statements are actually following those things i think they're chatting shit a lot of time but i think once you make it public and part of your marketing 
someone who is going to interview can question you about it. Yes. You give them permission to ask. Because yeah. you put it out there. But if yeah. you don't have the thing to back it up, that's your problem. I don't do HR. I just <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, and I think this is this is the thing. We're doing a lot of internal processes, which has been really cool actually, in terms of inclusivity. I did a session for them on gender. Um, we've done a whole bunch of races and stuff. Nick went on the course and everything, which is cool. But I like the wording that we've got on our recruitment, because we're recruiting at the moment, by the way, little plug there, social media exec and a marketing automation uh, exec, come on, work with me, love it. Um, but we're, yeah, we've, we've kind of put this thing on about like, we are always striving to increase um, the diversity of our team of all the, in all of these ways. And I think it's that kind of thing of like, we are committed to this. And and that is different from, it, it, it's not we're aware we've got a problem, but it's like, you know, we know this could be better and we're working on it. I did joke with John many, many years ago that because of the name of the company, Mm-hmm. It may be difficult to get someone oh my goodness. like a skin tone. No, to I literally there. had this conversation. I literally had this conversation with them because we call ourselves the monkeys. Yeah. And I was like, is this an issue? Because we say, oh, this monkey. And I'm like, honey, this is, this is a, a, fu- a fucking social disaster waiting to happen. I have to explain about that. Um, but then I understand in that sense that that has literally been the brand name for years. Yeah. Yeah. So and I think it's just about having sensitivity decision. around that mm-hmm. and and being aware of uh being very careful around that. So yeah, that that was the one thing I, I remember mm. mentioning to, to John many years ago. I was just like, noisy little monkeys. Huh. I'm guessing you don't have a lot of dark skinned black people working here. <laughs> I mean we did before I left, so I wonder I wonder how she experienced that. I don't know if she thought about it ever or not. It's just like, I just work at an agency. <laughs> like, no big deal, don't worry about it. Sorry. We're laughing. I always have to caveat, because I've worked in this industry for a long time, I find a lot of very terrible things hilarious. Yes, yeah, yeah. It's the way of coping. It's a good coping mechanism. So, in thinking of campaigns mm-hmm. and things you've seen in the wider world, stepping away mm-hmm. from what you do, has there been any marketing campaigns that you've seen that you're like, woo, I loved it, it was super mm. inclusive or no, that was, they should have never tried. Mm-hmm. The one that I normally mention, I don't know if you saw it, it was Womb Stories and it was a body form ad. And it was like one of the first, it was about 2018 it came out. And it's an ad where they truly showed the pain, the agony and the various stories of different women or people who have wombs and their journeys. Mm-hmm. And I was just like, ooh. That's good. Yeah, that's good stuff. Yeah, I think because uh, a couple, I, I Waka period pants W U K A were great, and they did an email campaign recently where they just it was like a message from the founder, and it was all about her journey from I think from like being a refugee, and kind of what then led her to to start the company and create the company, and I thought that was very powerful and very cool. But, and I got this actually from um, Jardine Miles, Jamie Miles on LinkedIn, who's a good friend of mine and absolute uh, Bristol icon. Um, and they did this roundup of all the Christmas ads, which was brilliant on LinkedIn. Have a look at it. But they were saying, oh, you know, Ali did this, um, John Lewis did this and talked about like 
care and that was really cool and you know same as we did this and Carp didn't do a Christmas advert and instead donated this exceptionally huge amount of money that they did not spend on the Christmas advert to charity which they do every year and I was like no one knows about that no one thinks about the fact that Carp doesn't have a Christmas ad they don't run any campaigns about the fact they don't have a Christmas ad they just get on with it and give money to charity and I thought that was really cool <laughs> it's terrible marketing don't get me wrong terrible work <laughs> that was a bit... <laughs> like I would like... not suggest would not encourage they should absolutely be capitalizing on that like just run a couple of billboards and then do a digital campaign oh do you know what don't even bother running them in real life use uh open ai create a fake billboard stick uh we haven't done a christmas ad for five years because we donated this much to charity run a digital campaign i don't know chunk 20 quid behind it honey come on but no so on the co-op one they did run ads but mm-hmm. they weren't christmas theme ads they were you can get stuff from food bank over christmas mm-hmm. we've supported these food banks right i have two minds about just donating the money and not advertising it because we live in an industry where everyone copies each other yeah and i would love a campaign idea if Cope was to do a campaign idea they could just be like whatever charity they donate to run the ad for that charity yeah and be like this ad was sponsored by our christmas campaign it's such a deeply missed opportunity and it's a terrible business moment from them like no 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 (laughs) not that about that um and i think this comes into that whole thing of like shouting about it and there's all this whole debate of like do we do good things just to advertise about them? Um, does it matter if, we, like, should we not talk about stuff? Should we, like, John Lewis doing this whole campaign about, like, oh, we've donated this much. Like, is that good or bad? And I'm like, to a certain extent, similar but different with pinkwashing. It's better than nothing, hey. Like, as much as pinkwashing, which is, like, when um, for the month of June suddenly everything's gay, or when something when companies like appear to look inclusive but aren't actually inclusive so they'll put out a couple of statements and whatever but not really do much sure that's great that's bad i don't want to encourage that but i'd rather that than they put out nothing you know i might want to encourage it though Ooh, because i have this current theory that that pinkwashing has happened with pride and lgbt mm-hmm has benefited the awareness and the whole just normalization of all of it uh now this is really interesting because i would say as a trans person Mm -hmm. it's awareness is worse huh for me over the last three years Mm -hmm. it has gone from i've been able to kind of carry on in the world and no one understand what's going on but just call me he or sir and then be like oh sorry i meant ma'am and i've been like no no you could have wrote the first time don't worry about it now um i go to buy a a bracelet in a tent at a festival for my girlfriend but use they pronouns and suddenly i'm having a huge in-depth conversation about gender with someone i've never met because they've read an article in the daily mail and they've heard about these trans people the amount of uh the attacks on trans people are going up the amount of like um abuse etc that we are receiving like it it it's getting worse 
And the reason it's getting worse is because suddenly people think they know what's going on, they care about it, and they hate it. So I think for queerness, that's completely true. Like, a lot of the rainbow washing and the kind of like, oh yeah, it's fine if you're gay. Like, that works quite well. People are like, oh yeah, that's actually kind of normal now, great. Mm -hmm. But in my experience, again, this might be very different for other people. On the one hand, I think in terms of like in the workplace, it's a bit better. Although partly I think that's because I'm working in bad places. But in terms of like my daily life, it's worse. The awareness is worse. That is such an interesting perspective because the assumption I have, and I'm, it's probably because I'm looking at all of these in a broad brush in terms of mm-hmm. the representation of disabled people in media, the representation of black and yeah. brown people, quite broad brushes. And the trend that I repeatedly see is either Hollywood or marketing first that takes the yeah. And then we start hearing and seeing a lot more people getting opportunities. And then yeah. eventually it's not that much of a thing. They just kind of chuck the person in. I think Channel 4 is a really good example of mm-hmm. when they first started putting disabled, physically disabled people in their ads, it was this huge thing. Thing, yeah. And then they started having ads where it was just like a disabled person telling a story about her date. And it was just like, oh, okay. Yeah. So yeah. that's the kind of wave and... And I think with disability, that's really good because, dis- as I said, disability gets so left off the list mm-hmm. that right now what they really need is awareness. People can actually flip and think about it because they always just forget to think about it. And I think with queerness, we're now at the point where it's like the more we see, the better. Like, don't get me wrong, I'd love to have a whole TV show about a trans person, but also I'd love to have a trans person in TV that's not an AFAB, uh, assigned female at birth, uh, white, androgynous person. That would be cool. Hey, because 90% of them that we see are. Mm-hmm. Why is that? Let's think about that. So yeah, like I'm not again, like I'm not saying don't support trans people. That's great. Like the Starbucks ads, I loved that. One of the first times someone called me Andy was in Starbucks when I ordered a coffee. So that was really, really cool. Um, which is what, for people who have not seen it, is what happens in that. They have a trans person and they, they say their, their proper name. But um, yeah, I think it, it's just kind of like a difficult balancing act. Yeah. And I think with, I think maybe part of the problem is with transness is the awareness is coming from the wrong places. Yeah. The awareness is not coming from really nice adverts and TV shows. The awareness is coming from moral panic. Yeah. And that's the problem. And I think going back to what we said at the very start, maybe that is the next section of marketing, that intersectional perspective. Yeah. Because right now, when they are doing quote-unquote LGBT ads, they are mainly focusing on the G, let's be honest. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) And a lot of it is not, it needs its own moment. Yeah. But in positive light. Yeah, because there are loads of LGB people who don't believe trans people, like the LGB alliance, etc. So that's a whole. It's it's a lot more fractured than than people think it is. But yeah, it's it's really interesting. It's really that's interesting, really, and I yeah. and I think that representation must not be in any way underestimated. Like I 
thought I was crazy until Ruby Rose said they were non-binary when I was like 18. And suddenly I was like, oh, you can be that. I'm that. I'm okay. So like, you know, representation, don't get me wrong, really important, really, really great. But there's a difference between represent positive representation and awareness. Mm. People are aware of trans people. <laughs> I don't need anyone else to be aware of trans people. They need to be aware of disability more, but they need to understand trans people more. That so quick campaign brief on the spot. <laughs> yeah, if love. you can create money, no op- money, no problem. Like budget to the kasus. Um, is that a word? Anyway, I don't know. Let's go with it. If now, a Marks and Sparks ad mm-hmm. based around the theme of understanding trans. We can we can even base it on underwear. Plus, yeah, sure. How would you? How would I do it? I think the the problem with transness uh, is like if if you're trying to unpack racism, you can be like, okay, you have grown up in a system of oppression, so you think a certain way that is fundamentally white and oppressive. You need to work on that. That involves mainly including other people, fine. The problem with transness is it affects you. If gender isn't real, everything you thought about yourself, you have to rethink. And I think that that's why people don't like it. So I think my campaign for Marks and Sparks, there's only so much you can do in a in a three minute ad. So I don't think I'm gonna tackle the binary gender. <laughs> three no, minute ad. Just, not even the bi- like what would be a what would get what would have a nice warm because I think mm. back, I think you mentioned it, the ad where they did around, I think he was a comedian, he's learning how to skateboard because he's fostering a, a, a young yeah, person yeah, who skateboards. Yeah. Yeah. It was just like nice and awesome. There was a whiskey one recently that's going around TikTok where it's an old uh, mask person, so mask, masculine presenting, um, we presume a sign that birth person. So then they start putting on makeup secretly at night and you're like, oh, are they trans? And then they're family comes for christmas and the kid is trans and so the the grandpa has been practicing makeup so that they can do makeup on the kid and then the, and then the kid comes out and it's oh my gosh and i wept i wept like a baby and it was incredible so i think i think for me the uh, uh, marks and sparks trans ad the importance there's so much there's so much emphasis on like i was born this way and it's so awful uh, being trans that I have to do it. And you have to understand that. I would do a whole ad on gender euphoria and a whole ad on like the first time I wore boxes. And I was like, look how hot I am. You know, yes. like being trans is such a joy. I can't say it enough. I love being trans. It's a joy to be trans. It's a blessing. I, I think that trans people have so much to give to the people around them because it, we are fundamentally honest and we are saying you can be whatever you want and everyone needs to hear that. So I think my Marks and Sparks ad would be various um, either like home decor or like underwear or like clothes. Like you could have one of uh, somebody in a beard wearing Marks and Sparks dress in a dressing room and I don't know, sending uh pictures to their girlfriend about how hot they are and feeling really good about it and having a little cry you know like there's so much joy in it and i think that that is what i want people to see 
because all people see at the moment is the suffering and how hard it is and all oh, the suicide rates and, and therefore we have to do something. It's like all the, the flipping countries of Africa charity ads. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, it's so hard being black. It's like, no, this is not, yeah, no. <laughs> this is not good. And mm. those ads are terrible, but I, I just want to stick on that. The joy of being trans. The joy of being trans. That's got to be something to see. Somebody, yeah. anybody, <laughs> get Andy to do this campaign. I love it. <laughs> I freaking love it. I would it. really like that. Yeah. You and you'd be like... able to use real trans people, right? And and for them to share their stories. And I think that, you know, we are we are here. Listen to us, I think, is the, is the big thing. Like, it, yeah, it's not hard. Uh, I'm, I'm so warm inside. And this oh. is the bits that I love because it's like so much of the talk around inclusive marketers focuses on the sad stories and like, the, mm-hmm. but there's, it's still, we still get to be creative. We get to be marketing. Like, a yeah. whole campaign on that is a freaking amazing and it's a good campaign. It's, yeah. And like, surely that's going to, that's, that's so much more. I think that's why people like the term nursad because it was it was something joyful, it was something kind. But I, yeah, I think that happiness can be a really strong emotion, and I think that we should use it more, tap into it a lot more. And you would still sell underwear, so it's still yeah. I mean, you'd still surely you'd want to get a maximum spot, so you'd be like, I want to have a gender euphoria moment. Thank you. I'm there. <laughs> I want my ass to look as good as that. Person. I want my ass yeah. to look that good because everyone can have gender euphoria. Like when a cis woman gets breast implants and she's like, oh, I look incredible. Gender euphoria. Oh. Go get it. Okay. So not only you've mentioned a ton of amazing ads, I'm looking at this Wacker site as well and already the representation of the women. Yeah. And they're really good. It's, it's good. I'm, I'm seeing skin tones. I'm seeing body shapes. I'm loving it. <laughs> This has been absolutely amazing. Let our listeners know where they can find you on the internet. Oh, God bless. Okay. Uh, I human Satsuma on Twitter. I don't tweet that much. Um, I'm also human Satsuma on Instagram, but my Instagram is not particularly professional, but feel free to go there. Um, Noisybetterlucky.com is um, our agency. Come and work with me. Uh, we also have loads of like inclusivity webinar stuff, which you can see the incredible Cheyenne voice in as well. So check that out. I'm on LinkedIn as Andy Thornton. I have a children's book on Amazon called Rebecca's Secret Grandpa, Rebecca with a K, um, which is great fun. It's trans and delightful. Uh, yeah, that's me. I did not know about the book. Okay, we're going to pop <laughs> links in the description so check out the description area for all the links and thank you so much for listening to the marketing made inclusive podcast tell everyone share with everyone we want to go i'm ready to go on to intersectional marketing now yeah (laughs) let's do it but (laughs) let's do it have a lovely day and thank you so much for listening